haunties, it's Allie here. You know, I often regale you with rural haunted tales from the farms I've worked on. Like the time a guy in a meth lab destroyed a wetland, or the time a guy tried to stab me with a sword. But did you know that some of the crops I've worked on have gone on to be turned into products that you can buy on the internet? If you've ever wanted to own something that my very own haunted hands have possibly touched, you need to check out the sponsor for today's show. This episode is brought to you by Vinterra Farms. Vinterra offers quality organic CBD grown right in the state of California. Offering a variety of products from full spectrum tinctures to gummies to muscle rubs to vapes, you're sure to find a product that helps you relax after a haunted day of accidentally driving through weddings. As someone who worked on the farm where this hemp was grown, I can tell you firsthand that the plants sourced for these CBD products were grown responsibly and harvested ethically. For 15% off your entire purchase plus free shipping, check the link in the show notes or head to VinterraFarmsCBD.com and type Type in promo code HAUNTED15 at checkout. That's V as in Vulture, E, N as in Ningen, T-E-R-R-A, Farms, CBD.com, promo code HAUNTED15. Or you can just check out the link in our show notes. Thank you for supporting California farmers and farm workers. And now back to your regularly scheduled haunting. Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 125.5, Listener Stories number 16. Yeah, welcome. And if you're brand new and you don't know what this is and you just want to get straight to the listener stories, you can open up the show notes at any time. The very first sentence will tell you the exact timestamp to skip to if you don't want to hear our intro or us cleaning house or get to know us personally. And that's valid. And you're absolutely welcome to ignore everything we say. Not really sure why you're here on this podcast if you don't care about our intro, but that is your right as a citizen of the world. Right. Well, Natalia, today is listener stories. Do you want to explain to our listeners what listener stories are? Yeah, listener stories are when our listeners write into us and tell us their own personal hauntings. And disclaimer here, we read these stories live on air. We can't give specific trigger warnings because we don't know what they're going to be about. So I'm just going to give a blanket trigger warning at the beginning. You know, these are going to get dark. These are not going to be stories that uh, I would recommend people who have any triggers listen to just because it's too risky. Yeah, you never know what someone's going to talk about. Sometimes people write into us about like a family member that passed. Sometimes the family member passed tragically, sometimes peacefully. They talk about like seeing different demons, different entities. Um, Some people talk about like going on a road trip and seeing a fucking cryptid by the side of the road. Does that trigger you? Maybe. You never know. Like, did you have a bad experience with a cryptid? Um, You might not want to listen. People will talk about like abusive, toxic relationships or just, you know, things that can spread bad vibes. So I would say if you're sensitive to bad vibes, don't listen to these episodes. Also, I just remembered I do have a personal haunting for this week. It's super short. Um, Natalia, I got a DM on Reddit the other day. Did you see me post about this on our story? No. What does it say? 
I got a DM on Reddit from a random account being like, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't want to look it up, but it was like, hey, I am currently working with the moderator, the original moderator of r slash Lake City Quiet Pills. And we came across some new information about Milo and Lake City Quiet Pills and that story. And we have started a Discord server where we're talking about this new information. We're not making it public at this point. And we came across your podcast and listened to it and thought you did a good job covering it. So we want you to like join this Discord and like listen to, we want your opinion on this new information we found. And I'm reading this and I'm trying to think like, what are all the ways that this could be a scam? No, it sounds like they're trying to get publicity. Like, I'm so sick of people like being like, hey, by the way, like you did a really great job. Uh, Here's my ARG, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's but true. you did a great job. They can't take that from you. But did you, what, what ended up happening? Well, I didn't join because yeah. I'm trying to think like, I would like to, I would like to see like, what is this mystery? Like what? But why wouldn't they just tell you? That's the, the thing. The fact that they want you to join and, and talk about it on your podcast and like. See, I want to join, but I'm like, there has, this has to be a scam in some capacity. Like if I click on this link, can they see where I am? Like if I click on this link, can they like hack my phone? You know what I'm saying? Oh, they wanted you to click on a link on a to Discord, the Discord invite link. Invite, yeah. yeah. But I know because of my friend that sometimes you can disguise links as something yeah, else. Yeah, I would just respond and be like, "Hey, really appreciate that you think I did a really good job. Uh, just as a policy, I don't click on links." Yeah. So, so if you have something you would like to say to me, you can say it to me right here. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, bitch. Boom, bitch. That Tell me why that things boils my blood. It reminds me of that fucking happy yes. Valley dream survey douchebag who's yes. like wants us to jump through all of these hoops to do shit for them. It's like, no, we're fucking doing you a favor, asshole. I, dude, I fucking hate that guy. I had such a crazy back and forth with that guy for like what two years now yeah it's been so long he I just bread crumbing you yeah he scheduled an interview with me for zoom i took time off work that's a whole nother haunted bullshit that maybe i'll talk about if we ever start a patreon because it's like too fucking haunted but yeah i had like taken time off work i had put my dogs in doggy daycare so they wouldn't be barking in the background i like had everything ready like had all my mics set up everything good i sent him his link he never clicked on it, never got back to me. Then I was so fucking mad. I like sent him a message being like, bro, we've been going back and forth for a year and a half. Like I took time out of my life to do this for you. Like I'm losing money to be here today. I like yeah. took time off work and like it's fucked up to stand me up. Just tell me if you can't make it or tell me if you're full of shit. Yeah. And then he got back to me like pff, two weeks later and was like, oh, so sorry. I had a family emergency. Someone in my family is like really sick so like I couldn't like make it I'm like okay and then he was like trying to schedule another one with me and I was like look dude I'm really sick like I'm in a clinical trial right now getting infused with like basically a chemo drug so like either tell me you're gonna make it or you're not gonna make it because I'm not wasting my time on this anymore and then he was like you you think that you telling me is gonna make me like I don't even remember what he was trying to say. Like, this dude is so out of it. He's like, you think that it's going to make me reveal my true name to you, but it's not going to make me reveal. We don't give a shit about your true name. I know. I was like, what are you talking about, bro? We had already decided you were going to use a voice changer. You were going to use like a fake name. Yeah. I by the way, I already know his real name and his P.O. box because he had (laughs) given it to me a different time. So it's like... What are you even talking about? That guy pisses me off so much. I hope his survey fucking fails. Right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So then I just stopped talking to him. So anyway, those are my two personal hauntings is someone DM'd me on Reddit about the uh, Lake City Quiet Pills and um, I'm beefing with the Happy Valley Dream Survey. Right. No, I I don't even know the word for that. One of you guys that has a better emotional IQ out there, let us know like what the word is for someone who fucking expects you to do a bunch of shit for them when you're doing them a favor. Yeah. Tell us uh, at Let's Get Haunted on the photo dump for this episode. But without further ado, the reason why you're here is not to hear me bitch about strange men on the internet who let me down. (laughs) This is about, this is about listener stories. All right. Let's do a listener story. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Listener story. This one comes from Isaac D. The subject of this email is shadow man in a cornfield. What the fuck? And this is super long, so buckle the fuck up. Hi, my name is Isaac, and I'm from Missouri, USA. I really love y'all's podcast. I'm not really a podcast person, but my roommate is, and after listening to a few of your podcasts via two thin walls, I started to listen in on my own time. It's awesome. Anyway, I figured I'd send this in since it's, to this day, the most haunted thing I've ever been through. So to start, I was like 18 years old at this point, and I was working at a local DMV with a really nice, if not a little weird person I'll be calling Sam. Sam was really neat and obsessed with Dan and Phil, two YouTube British men. And I mentioned I liked them when I was 14, so a few months later, Sam came to me with news that she'd gotten us tickets to their live show. Now, me and Sam were not like buddies outside of work, and our workplace was pretty toxic and haunted in and of itself. So I was just sort of shocked that I was the first person in her life she'd thought to bring along to a trip to see her favorite guys live. This massive red flag should have stopped me, but alas, I was 18 and a road trip with essentially a stranger outside of work sounded fine. She informed me that she'd gotten a brand new 2002 car for this four hour trip across rural Missouri that we were going to embark on. And while I really should have offered my slightly newer car up, I figured maybe she was just super excited to take it out for a maiden road trip. This wouldn't become an issue for me until later, but seeing as she agreed to drive there and back, I figured it wasn't going to be an issue. I was going to pay for meals and gas, and the rough plan was to blast down there, watch the show, and then blast back in time for work the next morning. I'll save the bloody details of the ride from you since it was just as awkward as you can imagine. But the more important note is that the highway we took, the only one that crosses straight across the state, is a two-way and went through hours of empty land and forest. There is nothing out there. We got there just fine, and after paying an arm and a leg for food and gas, we attended the show. The audience was composed of preteens and their parents, very 2013 Escalingo, and people dressed in cosplay. To say I was out of place is an understatement. Again, I'll spare the awkward details of the event, but the most striking memory that I think would define my mental state going into the drive back was the moment we received our schedules for work the next week. I was going to work 45 hours with no days off, part-time mind you, and Sam was scheduled for 55 hours no day off. She turned to me and just said, I hurt myself because of this job, before bursting into tears. I tried to console her by hugging and rocking her like a baby, but she was just so upset it was kind of futile. I eventually got her back from the brink and she called her boyfriend, but it was just so shocking and unsolicited that I was stunned for the rest of the show. After the show, she insisted that waiting for the artist to leave and watching their coach go was going to make her feel better. So we watched from the parking garage at midnight, waiting for Dan and Phil to leave. 
After they did, we climbed in her car and headed back home. I figured we'd get back home by 3 a.m. and there would be just enough time for me to get a few hours of sleep before facing my 10-hour shift the next day. I was exhausted emotionally and mentally from the general strain of being with essentially a stranger all day during an event I didn't even really want to be at in the first place, not to mention her bombshell statement to me and the late hour. As expected, the highway back was just as empty and barren as it had been in the middle of the day, not to mention there was now an added layer of fog that had started to settle on the road. For a little bit, the fog wasn't too bad, and I settled into the chair with a book I'd had on my phone. All was well and fine, while Sam was a little tired and quiet. We'd both had a long day. Then she let me know as she pulled off to a loves that she was in pain and I needed to take over. I think at the time I was just so willing to get home that I wasn't going to argue, but I remember the sudden disappointment just being enough to wake me up from my hazy half-sleep I'd been in. We switched places and I took a small putter around the parking lot to get used to the shift attached to the steering column. I figured I was just driving straight down a highway and not doing advanced calculus, so the general lack of knowledge on how to drive her archaic car was fine. We headed back with me at the helm, and not even two minutes of me pulling onto the highway, the fog's density seemed to triple. I had only driven in fog once or twice before then, and I had only gotten my driver's license a year before, so my confidence was going down as the fog continued to get worse. It became so bad that at one point, I didn't see a bridge until it went <gasps> over us. Oh, fuck. I couldn't see curves until I was curving with them. And I was driving purely by keeping between the lines on the road as they became highlighted by the headlights. Now, modern day Isaac would never drive in those conditions since the risk of hitting deer was astronomical. But 18 year old me had no problem continuing at 75 miles per hour through fog. The justification was work the next day the sleeping Sam in the car with me being an unknown pain, and the fact that driving below 60 made the steering column rattle almost violently. I didn't know this at the time, but this would bud into a future fear of driving at night for me. Things only get worse. An hour into this nonstop thick fog, I decided to pull off and take a break. I was shaking, and the prospect of three more hours of that sounded worse than being in the deepest ring of hell. Sam woke up and I told her I needed to take a quick nap before I swerved off the road and killed us both, and this for some reason seemed to ease whatever pain she had been in. We both took a 20 minute nap before we switched places, and I tried to calm down as Sam continued to drive us back. However, between trying to not have a panic attack and trying to get some sleep, I missed that the gas tank was woefully low. Oh no. We drove another hour in the bad fog and empty highway before Sam let me know that she was going to start looking for a place to get gas. I looked over to see that we were literally one tick away from being on the red E. And given that it had been a good 10 minutes of no gas stations or exits, I realized this could be really, really bad. Then, like a beacon in the night, we both seemed to see a huge sign that just said gas at the same time. It was hazy in the fog, but it was exactly what we needed right then, so Sam followed it and exited. Now, if you've ever exited a highway for gas in a rural area, sometimes you have to sort of find the gas station. Many times they're down the road a little ways, or they're in the middle of a small roadside town, so not immediately seeing a gas station is normal. We were out far enough when we exited, the road we were following was flanked on both sides with tall corn. It was peak corn season, of course, so the stalks were all high and either harvested or ready for it, and the fields were full of them. 
I'm not kidding when I say that both sides of the road were just corn as far as the eye could see, which in the dense fog wasn't far. The corn and fog also created a tunnel effect, making it feel as if we were driving through an unlit tunnel rather than outside in rural Missouri. The gas station still hadn't shown up, and weirder to me, there were no drives either. No roads branching off, not even really a good shoulder to pull off of, just a deep ditch that was running on both sides of the two-way road that became endless corn. I was getting worried that the gas station might be either way far off or closed and we'd missed it, but as I told Sam about my concerns, she insisted we just keep going. She was speeding too, which made me nervous for several reasons, of course, but I think she was just scared. After another minute, though, we agreed to turn around the second she found a drive to turn around in, which relieved me a little. We still hadn't seen a drive for the gas station yet, which was weird now to me since I had never seen such, a, such long plots of cornfield in my entire life. And after a little longer of speeding down the road, I told her to just do a K-turn and get us out of there. It was becoming increasingly maddening to just be staring into endless pitch black fog and have pitch black hazy corn be surrounding us on all sides. And to make my personal situation worse, I realized that being an 18 year old alone on this trip with a stranger speeding into an unknown location in pea soup fog might have other dire implications attached to it. I didn't peg Sam as a murderer, but after her shocking outburst at the theater, I realized mid-horror drive, I might be in a really, really bad situation with someone potentially emotionally unhinged. I was definitely catastrophizing, but I don't blame myself. We were essentially in the middle of the perfect murder scene wrapped in the perfect horror movie set. She slowed down the car to a stop and told me she'd never done a K-turn before in her entire life. And I told her I was not getting out just to switch places and turn, a, turn the car around for her. I explained how to do one and walked her through it slowly, all while keeping an eye on the road to make sure there weren't any sudden oncoming, oncoming headlights headed our way. This is the point in time that I'll go ahead and agree that yes, I was extremely stressed and tired, but I swear that what I saw felt real to make my blood run cold. She'd gotten us to be horizontal to the road now, so the headlights were facing the corn. She was hung up on how to back up without falling into the deep ditch, and I caught a glimpse of something in the passenger window as I turned around to look out the back. I didn't immediately inspect it since I knew it wasn't headlights and told her to just pull back and inch it. I was doing all I could not to stress her out more since I knew she was shaking and scared, and if she made a wrong move, we could potentially get stuck or stranded. I knew I had to check out whatever I'd just seen to make sure it wasn't something weird, especially since we were literally blocking both lanes of the road. Out of the window, I saw a man standing a few yards back, just close enough to make out, but far enough not to hit with the car. However, this was not a normal man, of course. He was as tall as the corn, if not taller, and he was moving really stiffly. I didn't look at him too long since holy fuck, what the hell was that? He didn't have a distinguishable face that I could see, and the only thing I could remember was that he was way too clear for the pitch blackness that we were literally surrounded by. I turned to Sam and I just said as seriously as I could that she needed to hurry up. She was totally freaked out, but as far as I know, she didn't see him. She tore off back down the road the instant she got us out of the K-turn, and I just remember looking back out to the back to make sure he wasn't like following us or something. There was nothing out there, and just for the extra horror of it, I noticed that it was exactly 3 a.m. 
We made it to a quick trip just barely and didn't really talk the rest of the way back home. I know I was just so scared I didn't even want to think about what the heck I'd just seen back there. And if I'm being honest, I don't ever want to know what it was 100%. I'm willing to believe that I was just hallucinating something out of the stress and pressure of the situation. But whatever that was, it was really intense. Sam went on to quit work the next day, still wearing the same clothes she'd worn the night before. And I never saw her again. I don't work there anymore either, but I think that entire situation is just dripping with haunted sauce, and even retelling the story makes me shiver with the memory. Sorry this was super long, but I think the context is important. Thanks for reading, you guys rock. Also, if you have any theories on my shadow man, I'd love to hear them, Isaac. Holy shit. First of all, that was a great story. Fuck. But that's also terrifying. You know what I was thinking of? I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast, but remember it was like season one and did I tell you about that skinny thing that my dad saw yes he came on the podcast and talked about it yeah and my dad like grew up in Illinois and had a uh, land in Missouri and that's where they were driving through right Missouri yeah. through the corn yeah and that's like as soon as they said that that it was really tall and skinny and oh, moving shit. stiffly and didn't have a face that's what I was thinking of and it was so weird because my dad telling the story was the same thing he was like I was like on a road trip with someone I didn't know that well and uh afterwards like we both never talked about it ever again and he's like I saw him you know like 30 years later and I was like hey do you remember that time and the guy was like I don't want to talk about it Fuck, dude. This is just giving me, like, Slenderman vibes. I, I remember know. your dad talked about that on the Mothman episode. Yes. Yes. So if you guys want to listen to that, it was haunted as shit. Chills. Yeah. I mean, I believe this person. Oh, totally. Though. I Like, it's so creepy. Like, I wonder. So the gas situation, it's kind of like maybe that gas sign was just, like, put there for to them. To lure them. To lure them, <gasps> right? And then they get going and they realize, like, oh, we have to turn around. Oh, I just uh, got chills. Isaac, this, first of all, even if you had never seen the shadow man in the corn, this whole road trip would count as haunted yeah. regardless. Like, yeah. there are some weird vibrations going on on that trip. This is like, okay, you guys, tell me if I'm the only one who has this experience. But when I was a kid, my mom would fucking always like schedule play dates with like weird kids from church after church yeah. for me and then I would be hanging out with this person who's like my same age but like mentally they're like five years behind me because their parents are like you know don't let them watch rated r and like they can't jump on trampolines and like they aren't allowed to have sugar and like it's weird like i'm like okay i can't tell them santa's not real you yeah. know like i must have been in like elementary or middle school my brother is older than me so he would have been in high school and we went to some like end of the year like banquet or something you know and it was at this place called cronies which still exists in ventura and it's like a sports bar yeah okay so it's a sports bar like it has the word bar in the name but like you can be a child and be in there because it's a restaurant you know my mom was like you know you need to hang out with this girl first of all i didn't really know her that well she was a little odd but i was like that's fine i'm a little odd like we maybe we'll vibe who knows right and i'm and i'm like oh do you want to go inside and like play on the arcade like arcade games and her mom came out of fucking nowhere and was like 
My daughter is not allowed inside of a bar. That is entirely inappropriate. I will not allow her to participate in gambling. Arcade games are gambling and blah. blah. And I was just like, I was so shocked. How old were you? Uh, elementary or middle school. Why would, they, why would the mom be telling you that? They should be telling your mom that. I know. It made no sense. And I was just so shocked because I'd never heard. I'd never been exposed to that before. I think it's inappropriate. Like, why are yeah. you telling me a 12-year-old? Right. Like, about this and so i was just like oh well i've i've been in there before like it's just a restaurant like it's okay like yeah. it's not scary i didn't know what she was talking about and she right. was just like you just don't understand but my daughter will not be corrupted by the bar and grill anyway that's kind of the vibes i'm getting from this story. yeah like, right you know yeah like they were just like from totally different backgrounds yeah. these two people yeah like you're trying to make the best of the situation you're like maybe this is a new experience new friend maybe we're gonna vibe well and then you're in it and you're like I literally don't know what to do mm -hmm. like I'm trying and I don't know how to get out of this yeah and the car is like falling apart plus you don't have gas and then you just saw a shadow man and there's fog and in you're this... with someone who's yes. like on the brink of becoming a murderer and, and she's driving an old manual like stick shift and doesn't know how to turn around her car how, how to like make a five-point turn she doesn't know how to do that well that's what i didn't understand i was like what do you mean you don't know how to turn around yeah just go forward back forward back until congratulations like, i had never heard of a k turn but i figured it out during the story like before yeah. they explained what it was like i I was like the first time I heard K turn I was like oh I've never heard it called that <laughs> but yeah. like I knew what it was right, right right yeah I know I was thinking that too I was like oh like a three five point turn or whatever like right. when you're on a narrow road Where you're like like I call it an Austin Powers turn yeah totally you know, he's like in the yeah. sideways in the fucking hallway <laughs> yeah yeah fuck that story dude I have so many stories of times where I was forced to hang out with people who were just not passing any vibe checks whatsoever yeah. and that itself is so fucking traumatic where you're like trying to pretend like you're on their level so that they don't kill you or like freak out I think we can have empathy for this girl and be like she clearly was going through some shit but at the same time like I don't know it's just like not cool to go up to someone and be like I'm gonna hurt myself or whatever she said and yeah, you're like you don't I know don't them. know you she said this job I have hurt myself because of this job yeah and then just starts like bawling in the middle of like a 13 year old like w Mr. Wiggles See, vibes I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't read that as she had like uh, you know been physically harming herself I thought she had like gotten hurt like she her back hurt or something because remember oh. she was saying she was in pain but if if she was Maybe. like literally opening up that much to them that like just reveals her mental like stability being so questionable that yeah. I, that it makes it even more scary and she had a boyfriend remember she called her boyfriend when she yeah. was having a panic attack so i'm just like why did the boyfriend not want to go to this i'm gonna be thinking about this tonight yeah i'm like just still thinking about it okay uh, this one comes to us from Brielle S., who I recognize. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Brielle, for writing in. Hey, Nat. Hey, Allie. I've been an avid listener since about January 2020, and I've enjoyed every episode you've ever put out. Yes, Nat. Even Lost Dutchman's Goldmine. Lost I Dutchman's Goldmine is underrated. I even made some art that you guys posted. It was you two as ghosts, and Allie was telling Nat to shut up about the gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to give you two stories today. Sorry, this could be a bit long, but I promise you won't be disappointed. One is a ghostly encounter and one is a minor UFO sighting. I'm listening to listener stories number five right now. And Allie just said how she wishes you got more UFO stories. And it triggered this weird memory I have from high school. 
UFO story. So I grew up in a tiny town where driving around and going to Walmart on Friday nights was the move. Hell yeah. Everyone hung out at the bottom of the Walmart parking lot just because it was something to do. That's haunted in itself, I think. But one particular Friday night, me, my best friend, and our SOs all decided to take a drive. It wasn't too out of the ordinary for us. Like I said, tiny town, lots of back roads, and fun little drives to be had. Nothing crazy or strange happened the whole night. But as we were starting to head back home, things changed. We were at a stop sign on the top of a hill, and our music stopped playing. This could very well be chalked up to a poor aux cord, shitty speaker system, or even a laggy phone, but what we saw next was weird. All of us simultaneously looked at the sky and saw a big neon green ball fly through the distance. Not like a ghost orb, not a plane, probably not a shooting star. It was enormous and fluorescent green. It was there for a second and then it was gone. I instantly looked up on Google if there were supposed to be any meteors, comets, or any astrological anomaly that night, and my search rendered no results. We all chatted about it for a minute, exchanged what the fucks, and the rest of them forgot about it. But I didn't. The whole night, even after I got home, I was wondering what the hell it could have been. Maybe I just watched too many X-Files, maybe I listened to too many conspiracy pods, but I think that neon green thing was a UFO. Just the music stopping and the sky lighting up all green like that. It makes me get chills even today. All right, here's a ghostly type story for you too. My closest friend in elementary school was a bit odd, but then again, so was I. Didn't you just say that? Yes. What the fuck? We would hang out every weekend at each other's houses. One weekend I would go there, then vice versa. I loved going over to her place. Her brother was low-key kind of cute. And in middle school, oh my God, in parentheses. (laughs) And her mom brought us so many snacks and she had a huge dollhouse. We were borderline too old to play with Barbies and Bratz dolls, but we didn't care. It was pretty fun. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I should probably preface this by saying her house was 100 years old. Oh, haunted. And they had just minor renovations ever since it was built. The layout of the rooms was kind of weird. Ground level floor was like the living room, kitchen, bathroom, or brother's room, all that. Upstairs was the strange part. The stairs led straight into her parents' room. No door, just a half wall that separated it from the stairs. A bit like a loft. Then there was a small closet on one side of that room, and my friend's bedroom door was right next to that closet. So her door never opened fully, only about 90 degrees out due to the closet blocking the other side. So one night at her place, we're watching some TV and playing with some Bratz dolls. Remember Bratz feet? Haunted. (laughs) We get kind of hungry, so we went down to the kitchen for a snack. Her mom was still awake and hanging out downstairs watching a movie with dad and brother. I should also say that this family was horror movie fanatics. They owned memorabilia from tons of scary movies, including but not limited to Chucky and Tiffany dolls, Freddy Krueger glove, and many masks. Remember this. We get out fruit roll-ups and whatever the hell else our 10-year-old selves craved and we went back up. As soon as we get upstairs, I realized I had to pee. The worst feeling ever. I had to walk all the way back downstairs now. As I try to open the door, I realize the handle isn't turning. Weird. I called my friend over to see if she could get it. Old house, remember? I thought it might just be stuck because it was old. She couldn't get it either. (gasps) Gasp. So a moment of slight panicking and we decide that one of us has to try to turn the handle and the other has to run into the door at the same time. And we're about to execute this master plan. 
the door unsticks. And as she opens it, it flies open right into the drywall of the closet. She's upset, saying she didn't mean to open it that hard and her mom's going to be mad for making a hole in the wall. And we barely have time to react before a creepy-ass Michael Myers masks, yes, from the fucking Halloween movies, gets thrown from her mom's dresser and tumbles down the stairs. No. This was enough to get her mom and dad's attention. They rush up to see what the hell was going on. They find us both pale and awestruck. I could barely talk because I was so scared. My friend tried to explain the events, but it was hardly any use, and we were both a bit hysterical. We all headed back downstairs. Her brother was really enthusiastic about a ghost event in the house, so he decided to sleep in her room for the next night, and we slept downstairs. The next morning, he told us he barely slept a wink because he kept hearing a tapping noise at the door. He said a couple times he got up and opened the door only to find the parents asleep in the bed. Well, there's a couple spooky encounters for you. Keep on creeping. Love, Brielle. Thank you, Brielle, for that beautiful, vivid, like, walk back through time. I love that. Into childhood of also being freaked the fuck out by stuff. And I just related to so much of that story, like, just hanging out in Walmart parking lots. Like, that was, like, Oklahoma to the max. Actually, we had a Taco Bell parking lot and one time my crush went and met up with me there and I was with my best friend and she was like do you like it was honestly so crazy that he met up with me because we were like you know teenagers and she was like do you guys just like meet up and like hang out and stuff (laughs) and we never had like it was crazy that he did that right Right. and I was like shook by it and I was like yeah we're like friends and stuff you know (laughs) and to this day she is like, yeah, well, you had that, like, special connection with, you know, that guy. And I was like, yeah, we did. You know? <laughs> and, like, she still thinks that, like, the hot guy from our school and I, like, had, like, a special connection. And I believe it, too, because that happened one time. You know what? I Special connection confirmed. Yes, being, being, like, a teen is such an interesting time in life. Like, the place, the parking lot where we used to hang out was a Sal- Salzer's video, which is still in Ventura. And we would park in the parking lot and blast music like Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> yes. and, like, and it was so fun. Yeah, and just be like dancing and like for hours. Yeah. For fucking hours. And then like go into the orchards and have a Bud Light and be like, whoa, we're such bad kids. Yeah, we called those farm parties. Like everyone would park their cars. Well, I'm sure you didn't do this because it's like expensive shit, but like, in Oklahoma we didn't have like food that was growing it was just fucking grass and everyone would park their cars around in a circle with the headlights on and then you'd like get out like Keystone and like you said someone would be blasting music yeah just like man I just remember Darude Sandstorm I know that wasn't the only song but I just have a vivid memory we of- did that and we had I'm bossy I'm the first one to scream on, on the track, track. I'm I the switched first up the beat of whatever it yeah is. I switched up the beat of the drum that is I'm bossy that's Khalees yes, yeah Khalees and then also I don't know why this one stuck but hips don't lie by shakira oh oh yes that would just play that's on a repeat. good one okay promiscuous girl by yes. nelly furtado we i think i've said this before on the show but we had a friend whose last name was stramiska and we'd be like stramiscuous girl <laughs> yeah you did that's yeah, so yeah. Good. yeah i loved that story uh super creepy and i think you guys saw a ufo too because... i think so too oh my god yeah i totally Okay, blanked. That reminds me, I saw a green thing flying through the sky once, but I looked online and it was apparently a fucking meteor. But I do not agree. I can't believe I'm having this recovered memory right now. I was driving on the freeway back to Woodland Hills. This is when I lived in Woodland Hills working in Oxnard. And over the freeway, everyone slowed down because everything got super bright green. And this fucking 
ball of green just went across like an arc all the way across the freeway and then just disappeared. It was like a super legit shooting star. Yeah. What is a meteor if not an alien? It's a shooting star. Meteor is a shooting star. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's an alien. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one comes from Taylor W. Good morning. Yesterday, I listened to the story about the possible cryptid at a gas station on the way to the Oregon coast. Yeah, fuck that story. Yes. I'll never forget that. I don't remember which listener story that was on, but that shit has stuck with me forever. Yeah. TLDR, if you guys didn't listen to that episode, um, somebody was driving on a road trip to Oregon and stopped at this random ass broke down gas station in the middle of nowhere and a fucking cryptid like creepy shadow ghost entity goat man thing was like on the roof of the gas station right yeah it was creepy never forgot it i've lived in oregon my whole life so this one hit close to home and i think i may have found the gas station from the story fuck that place it's located in a small community called alsea oregon the area was once home to the alsea tribe but from what i can gather they don't exist anymore Anyways, I'll link a YouTube video, not mine, of someone exploring the building that I believe is the building from the story. Okay, hold on. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Natalia, I just, sorry, I just got the chills. This video isn't available anymore. I clicked on it and it says, uh, YouTube, this video is no longer available. What? Wait, they sent us a video and and YouTube took it down? Yeah. (gasps) Or the person who uploaded it took it down. What? YouTube is New World Order confirmed. Taylor W., if you can find a link again, send it. Holy shit. So I don't know why that gave me the chills. Like, very clearly could be an innocent explanation, but I'm just like, what the fuck? No, I think it. I think it's the New World Order. This one comes to us from Monique. Yo, what's up, guys? I've been meaning to do this for ages, but I have a handful of family stories I want to share. They're a little obscure, so bear with me. I'm going to start with my weirdest experience. I've been fortunate enough to know my great-grandparents, both who I had a strong, strong bond with. I wear my grandfather's jewelry most days, and I still feel him around when my grandmother is going through a rough time. Now, my great-grandfather passed away at a time we couldn't say goodbye to him. However, my great-grandmother was alive for much longer. I woke up to a call from my family the morning she passed away, waking me from a dream that was as follows. I was in the house they owned, as if I was a child and they were the only people around. It was summer and I was happy that they were together watching me, repeatedly telling me that they were okay, they were together again, and they needed me to tell the family that they were at peace now. I've never felt so calm about death. They reached out from time to time, birds that follow our boats home, smells that come through the house purely for comfort. Turns out the family has some natural knack for this. This one's a little darker. I have a friend who grew up in a rural town who has many stories of the supernatural and entities that have followed her throughout life. Definitely can share some of these later if you're interested. We decided one night to do a guided past life regression similar to the Japanese house test. I can't remember the name, sorry, the Raycon test. In this, the house was dark and it was stormy outside. And as I walked through, it was dead and empty. I continued through the house to the backyard where the bla- where the back fence opened for me and beckoned me through. I saw my rabbit that had run away through that fence as a child, but that was the only movement. To my left, thick, thick forest. Even I knew there should be a house there. To my right, a huge lake, dark and scary, and directly ahead, a cave. 
As I told her, she made the decision to guide me out and back through the house, locking every single window and door. To this day, I don't know what I saw or what happened, but she wouldn't tell me. All I know is she looked incredibly spooked and won't let me do it again. IDK, guys. I could go on for ages, but if you want some more snippets, just yell. Love this pod so much. You guys are amazing. Sending all the positive hauntings your way. Please look after yourselves. Monique, all the way from NC. Um, Okay, so with lots to unpack here. First story is really sweet. Uh, I love that. I love stories like that. We've talked about that. Second story. Okay, let me get this straight. So basically they did the Ray contest with their friend that's like kind of psychic and they were telling their friend like, oh yeah, I see the house, but this is weird. Uh, Instead of a neighborhood, there's just like a dark forest with like a dark lake and a cave. And I just saw my rabbit that died run away through the fence. And there's like a, a, a gate through the fence beckoning me. Like, was that death on the other side or like the underworld or like, what was that? And her yeah, friend, like and, the veil between the two worlds. Yeah. And her friend was just like, okay, let's go back into the house and like lock all of the windows and stuff and then like leave. I just got a really scary intrusive thought. Um, what if death, like the process of dying, like none of us really know what it's like. Some people have like been dead legally dead and come back to life and they say like oh it's a bright light or oh it's just blackness there's nothing or oh i saw my you know dad who died 20 years ago who said this and that to me but ultimately none of us really know what if dying is just very slowly walking through a forest and like the forest is purgatory and you're lost in the forest and you either get out of the forest and go to heaven or you're just stuck in fucking purgatory and just wandering alone cold and wet and lonely through a forest dude i fucking hate that shit i hate it so much that's why like you have to work on the relationship you have with yourself because if you end up going to hell and or purgatory it's just gonna be you and your thoughts forever so you better know how to fucking turn some Pitbull, Tiesto, Kesha on in your head. Yeah. And be like, it's going down. I'm yelling timber. That's right. you're going to be by yourself <laughs> in a fucking forest with nothing to do for eternity. So you better have fun. Dude, Pitbull is the most in touch with himself. <laughs> when he dies, he's going straight to super heaven. Like he's surpassing purgatory, surpassing heaven, going on to whatever the like heaven squared is. And he's just going to put on a concert for all of eternity for the best people that have right. died. And he's like, you know, if some of you guys just got here from purgatory, been there, done, done that. that. <laughs> <laughs> this next one comes from Caleb C. Hi, I have two spooky stories when it comes to unexplained experiences. The first one happened when I was a child. I had had a bad dream, so I went to bed in my parents' room. I remember sleeping with a stuffed doll. I woke up to this towering shadow man looming over me, repeating, Where is my daughter? What have you done to her? It's fucking Liam Neeson. It's Liam Neeson. (laughs) Repeating, Where is my daughter? What have you done to her? Give her back to me. Of course, my seven-year-old brain didn't know how to react. So I just held my breath until I passed out. We later found out that a little girl was abducted from the apartment unit we were renting. The second was much more recently, happened last year. I had a horrible dream that a humanoid lizard demon looking thing was hunting me. It was seven feet tall, a lanky ass creature that was a woman that would grow a lizard tail and scales on her legs. I know it sounds just like a dumb nightmare, but the next morning my mom had asked if I had a bad dream. Confused as to how she would know, I simply responded with, yeah, why? 
She showed me a sketch that she had drawn in the middle of the night and said, I went to get a glass of water in the middle of the night and I saw this dash out of your room and disappear mid-run down the hallway. She had drawn exactly what I had seen in my dream. Fuck. This was the first time I interacted with her that day, so there was no opportunity to have even mentioned that dream to her. I have a li- I have a lot more spookum stories, but they are all explainable. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, Caleb C. No. no. I'm sweating. I'm chilly. I got I a went, fever. Yeah, I went from like pit bull, like heaven, to just like the darkest corner of hell. Of hell. Oh my God. Imagine seeing a woman lizard demon running from your child's room and disappearing mid sprint down a hallway. No, I... I can't. I'm first of all, I, every time I go check on Enzo, I just like am creeped out that there's going to be something scary in there. Yeah, like something looming over the bed. Right. But like it's never there and it's always fine. But maybe tonight will be Shut different. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from, is this Jillian or Gillian? Jillian. This one comes from Jillian. Hi, Nat and Allie. My name is Jillian. It sounds like Jillian. I know it's kind of dumb, but it's the British spelling. Oh, it's it's G instead of J, but it's pronounced like G. And I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I've written to you guys before, but I'm so full of stories that I had to send another email. This story is about my brother and some experiences that he's had that he's just now telling me about. And I thought I'd share. Beware this may be a bit long, but hopefully worth it. That's what she said, lol. Turns out, I think my brother may be clairvoyant, have a thinner veil than most people, or have a high Raycon, or whatever you want to call it. It's funny because me and my younger sister, I'm 23, she's 17, love anything spooky slash paranormal slash unexplained, and something we love to do together is watch horror movies. My brother, 19, hates absolutely anything remotely scary. But I was talking with him about ghosts and the like when he started telling me how he sees, quote, glowing orbs and figures, end quote, in our house all of the time. WTF. Our house is only like 20 years old, but our neighborhood used to be a mill back in the 1800s and 1900s. And that sounds haunted as hell. And I know some shit must have gone down around our property. Anyway, he was telling me how every night he can hear whispers and people talking and see these glowing orbs with the height of activity, usually between midnight and 2 a.m. He also hears banging and footsteps, too. I've never heard or seen anything. I've always joked about how I think our great aunt is haunting our house because my mom was very close to her and my mom actually wanted her to die in our house. But we said, nope, 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 nope to that. (laughs) I've seen my great aunt in my dreams giving me hugs and telling me she misses me, which I find really sweet. I was her favorite niece and I spent a lot of time with her when I was a child, usually taking her wigs and running through the nursing home she lived in and doing puzzles. She's actually buried with a locket she wore with a baby picture of me inside and we have some of her ashes in our house. My mom was the only one in the family who got her ashes. The rest were buried. But when I jokingly said that I think she's haunting our house, my brother said that the activity increased dramatically after she died and that he really thinks she's in our house, among other spirits. As we were talking about the fact that my brother sees fucking glowing orbs on the daily, he points to our stairs leading to the basement where my bedroom is, great, and yells, Julian, one just went down the stairs. 
I thought he was fucking with me, but his face got really pale and his eyes got wide and he literally has goosebumps on his arms and on the back of his neck and he promised me that he wasn't joking. He said his heart was racing and we both got really freaked out. He then started telling me about an experience that I believe was an alien abduction. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Give me all the alien stories. He was saying how a few years ago he was laying in bed watching Family Guy on Netflix like he does pretty much every night before going to bed. He said that he was wide awake watching an episode when all of a sudden a really bright light came in through his window and he saw a bright glowing figure standing at the foot of his bed and just started glowing brighter and brighter. He must have blacked out because the next thing he remembered was him opening his eyes. He was really weirded out and looked at the clock and three hours had gone by, but what was really weird was that the Family Guy episode he was watching was the same one that he had been watching. It was like no time had passed in the episode. He had no idea how to explain it. He didn't think it was the dream, and even though three hours had passed, it was like no time had gone by in the Family Guy episode. Lost time, spooky. I told him it sounded like an alien abduction, and that freaked him out, but he said he hasn't had an experience like that since. He doesn't like talking about stuff like this because it freaks him out, but my sister and I are jealous that he's the ones with the gifts. That he's the one with the gifts. I've seen ghosts and had experiences. I can explain some of them in my other email I sent y'all, but damn, I wish I could experience what he's talking about just so I could understand better. Whoop, hope that isn't summoning something bad. Oh well, (laughs) thanks for reading this long ass email. I'm sure I'll send more in the future. Let me know if you want me to talk to my brother more about his experiences. I'm sure there's more he hasn't told me about. Stay haunted, lovelies. Jillian from Minnesota. Thank you, Jillian. Of course we want to hear more. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, what the fuck? Like, okay, so he was, he disappeared, but how did he know three hours went by? I think he looked at the clock. I think that's what she's saying is like, he was like watching Family Guy and then fell asleep and then woke up, looked at the clock. It was three hours later, but the episode of Family Guy was at the exact same point he had fallen asleep to. That's how I interpreted it. That makes me think though, like maybe the aliens are like really big Family Guy fans and they came in through the window to like abduct him, saw what episode he was on and they were like, oh no, he's not going to want to miss this and like paused, paused it, it and took him up, did some experiments, dropped him back off and pushed play. Oh, maybe, that's exactly. Yeah. Or maybe they were just trying to be kind. Like, let's pause this for them so yeah. they go back and they didn't like account for the lost time. Like, yes, we're going to kidnap you. Yes, we're not going to ask for consent and we're going to like do some experiments on you. But... We're not total assholes. Right. We will we will pause your Family Guy episode. <laughs> that is fucking haunted. Thank you for that, Jillian. Yeah, I definitely want to hear more. Absolutely. This one comes from Hexylvania S. Hey, spooky bitches. I recently had a friend do a ray contest, and in the process, talked to them about my experience, and they got a huge kick out of it, so I figured I'd send it along. Obligatory preamble. I totally believe in the metaphysical, ghosts as projections of energy, people being able to project negative and positive auras, that sort of thing. I even do tarot readings for friends. So yeah, I think there's unknowable variables in life, but try to approach things with logic. This is a little long, I'm going to talk about the results of my Ray contest and relate it to my haunted experiences in the home. I've tried the test a few times, but the result is always the same or similar enough. My home is set up in an L shape. During the ray contest, I see everything in daylight. I enter the front door. 
There's a short hallway that turns to the left, then the right, so I can't see the back side of the house initially. All the lights are on in this entry hallway. The first room is a bedroom, my current room. I'm able to enter and open the windows, no problem. I don't see anyone, I don't feel anything. The second room is the lounge room. I see no one in there, but after entering I feel like someone is watching me from behind. If I turn, the feeling goes away and I see no one. I have seen a ghost in the lounge room once before, so I assume that feeling of being watched is an imprint of that. When I was younger, one weekend watching TV with my older brother, I saw someone standing in the middle of the doorway to the lounge facing in. I noticed them in my peripheral vision and clocked them as a woman immediately, just a gut feeling, so I assumed it was our mother checking in on us. I asked what she was doing and turned to face her. I then noticed it was tall, seven feet maybe. It was hard to make out any facial features, as in I couldn't focus on anything specifically, even the hair. Like the more I focused on it, the harder it was to see. It was definitely female though, I just got that vibe from it. I'm not sure if it noticed me watching, but as I was staring at it, it walked into the lounge room, moving and looking towards the window that was on the opposite side of the room from me. I was obviously stunned. I'm not sure if it moved slowly or if everything just slowed down, but I watched it coast from the doorway, taking long strides to the window, and then stand there for a moment in the middle of the room. I'm unable to give any real physical details, as I was locked in on its face, trying to make out the details. I was so bewildered that I couldn't understand its face. I think it was just I think it was walking and not floating, as it seemed to list and have cadence from stepping as it moved, but I could easily just be filling in blanks based on expectations. Anyway, it then came to a stop and stood in the middle of the room. Its back now turned to me, it waited for a few seconds, just looking out the window, then the TV signal dropped out for a moment. It took another step towards the window and then vanished, all at once like a light going out. I sat there for a few seconds frozen, then turned to my brother and asked what happened. He was confused. He said I asked a question to no one and then just sat in silence for a minute. He said he talked to me, but I didn't respond. I started crying now and asked if he saw her. He gave me a look back like I was freaking him out. He saw nothing. I was afraid to move, so I sucked up my tears and sat still and silent for a long time before going outside to look for it, but nothing happened. This all happened in broad daylight around midday. I've asked my brother about it a couple of times since, and he doesn't remember. I still think about it a lot. I remember when I was younger, I'd sit up late and try to see it again to know I wasn't crazy. We had a fold-out couch bed, so I'd ask to camp out there often. Not a lot of sleep, just watching that doorway patiently with the television on. I never saw it again, but I get uneasy in the lounge and don't spend much time there now. Back to the test. After opening the lounge room windows, I go back into the entry hallway and carry on. The next two rooms are a smaller bedroom, my old room, and the kitchen. I notice my old bedroom door is closed, so I go to the kitchen first, but it's hard to take my focus off of that door. I feel like if I stop focusing on the door while I open these windows, something will happen. It doesn't go away when I face that direction, but I don't specifically see anyone in the kitchen. Now buckle up because it's time to get wild. I open the kitchen windows and notice that the backyard door is open. It's always open when I try this test. In fact, every door except the front door has been open so far, with one other exception. 
the door to my old bedroom is closed. The only door that's closed. It's hard not to focus on the door, but when I try to ignore it and continue down the rest of the hallway, I notice that it's pitch black. I'll reiterate, it's daylight, all the other lights are on, but the rest of the hallway is pitch black. I haven't gone any further with the test. I'm too afraid. The closed bedroom door feels ominous, and the darkened hallway feels suffocating. Now back to reality. I hate that back section of the house. It's always creeped me out. I speed walk through the house if I need to go to that side. It has a blatant negative energy. Maybe I've just made it that way. I've had nightmares about just being in those back rooms before. It's also possible that because the back rooms weren't originally part of the house, they may be appearing as hazy or unclear and thus black when I try to picture them. We renovated when I was really young and I don't remember what was over that way, so it could be a clash of how it was versus how it is now. Okay, but what about that closed bedroom door? Well, a few years ago, while I was still sleeping in that room, I was having a really rough time. I was afraid to go to sleep because something kept showing up in my dreams. As I've mentioned, I have great visualization and that extends to my dreams. I dream vividly based on real life. These dreams are always grounded in reality. In fact, they often take place in the same locations. I could draw a map of this dream world. It's like a slightly off limitations of the real world around me. But the key takeaway here is that I dream vividly and realistically. For some time, there was an entity that would appear in my dreams. A normal, typical dream would suddenly twist and I'd become hyper aware of this entity. Like when you're completely focused on a person in conversation and the rest of the world goes away. But imagine that feeling in a negative way. I would instantly notice its presence and I couldn't escape it. This thing didn't have a specific face or look or a name. Oftentimes, it would just assume the role of somebody already in the dream. Friends, family, strangers, what have you. I remember once I was having a dream about a picnic with my friends and one of them became this thing. Everything else stopped being relevant and all I could perceive was the entity. That alone is pretty unsettling, but it actually gets worse. <laughs> the entity was antagonistic. It wasn't always there to talk. Oftentimes it'd attack or chase me, leaving a lot of dreams to end by me waking up in a cold sweat. The two I specifically remember the details of are one where this thing stabbed me and one where it suddenly pushed me into an oncoming train. Aside from that, it would try to coax me into making bad decisions. At first, just in the dreams, take a good dream and turn it bad, talk me to, into doing something awful in the dream. But in time, it started to talk about my real life. It would question my choices, try to talk me into making obviously bad choices like steal, cheat, use people, be violent. It would actively talk me down and insult me while wearing the faces of my friends and family. It would verbalize my deepest fears. It wanted to ruin me, sometimes even telling me that I should kill myself. This went on for months, nightly. I didn't know what to do. I thought I was going crazy. I became afraid to sleep and started to feel like something was in the room with me. I was afraid to get help because I thought people would think I was crazy. The dreams were often accompanied by sleep paralysis, meaning that when the dream ended, I'd still be trapped. There's no climactic ending here. I eventually learned to wake up when I felt the entity enter. The more interesting point is that when my brother moved out and I switched rooms, the dreams completely stopped and the entity never showed back up. The same room with the closed door that I'm hyper aware of during the Ray contest. Now, being rationally minded, I have no doubt that this was a Junjian shadow, which if you're unfamiliar with, basically I believe the entity was my subconscious, 
trying to connect with the conscious side and make me aware of some deep emotional baggage I was carrying. However, this is not at all typical this is not at all a typical interaction with a Junji in Shadow. It's not often or typically described as violent, and it usually takes a specific form of the same gender of the person. And also, it's not always obvious that you're encountering a Junji in Shadow. The entity I was dealing with would slip into any form. It was all present and immediately obvious and always malevolent. It's entirely possible that I just had an encounter on the complete other end of the spectrum, but who's to say for sure? I mean, it could have been something else entirely. I could go into more detail about the entity later if you're interested. It was a crazy time. I don't remember a lot of the details, though, just big picture stuff and moments. Digressions and spookiness aside, I believe that my old bedroom door being closed and the dark hallway during the test can be attributed to the negative emotions and memories of that section of the house. But who knows, really? This is far from a typical experience with a ray contest, so maybe something is really lurking around there. I haven't had anyone else from my home do the test, unfortunately. My brother isn't into this sort of thing, and I'm not keen on talking to my mother about it, as she skews superstitious and it would just freak her out, especially since she left the home too and would worry about me staying there. And don't worry, gang, I'm totally fine now and way over this stuff. I'm well-adjusted and happy in my life. Just very fascinated by the metaphysical, and it's fun to think back on some of this stuff. Still doesn't stop me from sprinting through the backside of the house, though. Hmm. Stay positive and be excellent to each other. Hex. Holy, Holy shit. Holy shit. See, as they were saying that, I was, like, talking about that shadow thing that, like, wears their friends' faces and, like, tells them to kill themselves and stuff. I was like, see, some people think that, like, hauntings are hauntings. Some people think that, like, you know, you could be, like, experiencing some sort of, like, schizophrenia or whatever, something like that. I say it doesn't fucking matter. Just take medication. So that way, whether it's a ghost or you're going crazy, it doesn't fucking matter. You don't have to experience that. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So, like, if you told me that there's, like, a dark figure, like, in the corner of my room, and I just nuke myself with, like, enough, like, whatever. Flana pin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and that I'm just kind of like, oh, that corner's kind of shadowy. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to watch more TV. Like, that's great. <laughs> you know what? Kind of in the same vein as that, sometimes, you know, like when you're really tired and it's like dark, you can like make yourself think you're seeing things. Yeah. I always feel better when that happens to me. If I'm like, oh, that's right. I like took like my Xanax because right. I was feeling like scared earlier. Or, oh, I took my CBD or oh, I had a THC gummy. Like, because then you can be like, of course I'm seeing shit. Right. I took something. Yeah. You could go the opposite and be like, oh, I'm just really like. I haven't been able to sleep. I've had too much caffeine and that's like what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know? Rather than just like, oh, that's actually happening right now. Yeah. And maybe it is really happening, but it helps if I'm just like, oh, no, I have took s- took a gummy. Yeah. Like have something to blame it on. Exactly. Yeah. So you guys, maybe we should just all be fucked up all the time and well, then nothing hey, can bother us. Well, you know what? Sound advice from the <laughs> Let's Get Haunted doctors <laughs> and attorneys at law. <laughs> this one comes to us from Dawn. OMG, girls, okay, so listen, I have stories upon stories, as I have mentioned in the past, of haunted shit that has happened to me and my family, but I'm pretty sure this takes the cake. Good haunting ahead. A friend of mine had posted on her Facebook about her tarot cards, and I had commented about how I've always wanted a reading because I just find it so fascinating. I don't know what it is, but tarot readings have always been fascinating to me. She doesn't normally read for others, but she felt called to read for me personally. 
I won't show you the reading or go into too many details because it's quite personal, but those cards were telling me exactly what I needed to hear answering to the things that only I have thought about and never vocalized. There's absolutely no way she could have known any of what I've been feeling. She pulled from three decks and all three decks had the exact same thing. After chatting with her about it, the following conversation we had, I was sobbing. First thing, on Monday morning, never have I ever had this sort of interaction with the spiritual world. Guardian angels, family stories, dreams, yes, but this, never. Conversation after mentioning how my grandmother would always say, when it's meant to be, it'll be. Basically what the cards were telling me. Okay, and then here they have like a conversation between her and the person reading the tarot cards. Okay, the tarot reader says, Also, didn't you mention something about having to sell her house after she passed? Or something weird happened there, right? And she said, yeah. We lost a lawsuit against a nursing home because Medicare slash Medicaid, whatever, fucked up. Okay, so that may be what she's trying to talk about because a house kept coming up in my head and you say she would say that you're where you're meant to be. I don't know if that house and situation is something that still burdens you or you carry guilt for. That could be her saying that it's all good, little mama. You fought hard and it's just a house. She loves you very much, so just let that weight go. You don't deserve to carry it. It's a silly house. Would you guys sit at the table and have coffee together? Or she would? And then she said, she had her damn coffee every morning, instant. My mom still has her kettle. The tarot reader said, did she like a lot of cream in her tea or coffee? You need to remember those times, those talks, nothing else matters. And she said, that's so sweet. She's still with you all of the time. She's proud, so don't ever think for a second you let her down, she says. Dawn said, I really needed that. Thank you. The tarot reader said, you're the good one, she says. Dawn said, haha, is that a joke between you guys? The tarot reader said, she said you'd know what she meant by that. And Dawn said, I mean, we would always laugh that me and my brothers were the favorites. Haha. Haunted AF? BRB, gotta go sob in the corner. Stay haunted. Dawn. Oh, that's really sweet. So Dawn is basically saying that the psychic was able to talk to her grandmother that had passed, right? Yeah. And I guess Dawn had to sell her grandmother's house because they lost it uh, after she passed. And they had like some sort of lawsuit against the nursing home. It sounds like there was a lot of drama about selling this house. Right. And so the psychic is saying that her grandmother said, you know, just the memories that we had in that house, like the coffee we would have together and the conversations we would have together. That's all that matters. Like, don't let this, you know, fucked up selling of the house thing shadow those nice times that we had in the home because those are the things that last forever. It almost seems like that's what the house's purpose was, right? Like the house's purpose was to have you have Dawn experience those great memories with her loved one before her loved one's passing and then yeah everything else is just noise yeah yeah I mean it's it, it I think if when you're a sentimental person it can be really hard to let go of things like that I lost a grandmother recently during COVID and my grandmother was a hoarder so she had so much stuff and you know it's taken years to go through that we're still going through it and it's so hard to get rid of things because everything has a story and you feel so attached to all of those things but you know i have to like tell myself like 
this will bring joy to someone else who needs it, you know, or that like my grandmother wanted, like that was her baggage, you know, right. she was a hoarder. She held on to these things because she had some sort of emotional trauma and like me feeling like I have to hold on to those to be close to her would only be continuing that generational trauma. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I think so that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I feel like it's probably the same way with that house. You know, you guys had tons of good memories there and now it can go to someone else who really needs that home. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for sharing your story, Dawn. Natalia, which was your favorite story from today? These were fucking crazy. I don't know. There were a lot. Was this the K-turn one or was that the other yes, one? Yes. Okay. I don't know if it's just because that was so well written and you performed it so well or like what the deal was, but that one just really stuck with me because it just brought up a lot, a lot, you know, like being on a road trip. Uh, is already can be kind of miserable. Hanging out with someone you don't know that well can be miserable. Fog fucking hate that having to get up the next day early for work hate that running out of gas is the most stress inducing experience yeah having to uh like comfort someone you don't know stress uh also yeah like hanging out with a bunch of 13 year olds when you're 18 yeah and they're cosplaying yeah stress waiting with someone who could be a murderer to see some people you don't know leave a parking lot stress oh my god we didn't even talk about that aspect that is come on guys that's odd we can all agree yeah i could i could like understand if it was like you know someone super super famous where you're just like the mystique of like them being a real person is really interesting but if that's just like you know me and Alyssa like leaving somewhere like fuck that yeah it's fucking weird it's weird especially because i remember like okay when i was in high school there was a um a theater called the Ventura Theater and a bunch of bands would go there. And so it was really easy to meet people after the show because there was only one entrance and exit for the band and it was on the main street. So like literally the tour bus would be parked on the main street that you would walk right by to get in. Mm -hmm. So being like a 15 year old, if you're seeing a band you really like, it wasn't uncommon for us to just like hang out at the entrance slash exit and like shoot the shit with each other until the band came out. But you're not just like watching from afar in the dark corner of a parking garage. You're like, hey, great show. Like, yeah, please come groom me. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a picture? Can I like get an autograph? And if they say no, we were like, okay, no worries. And if they said yes, it was like best night ever. Right. Like, I don't remember ever like creeping on anyone. I don't remember like, I need to see them get into their tour bus from the corner before (laughs) I could leave this parking garage. Like, that's just like peak, like, I don't know, like bog woman behavior. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder what Sam is doing now. Sam, yeah, I'm actually very interested. If you find Sam, um, if you think it's safe, maybe ask them how they're doing. If you don't think it's safe and you don't want to dredge up that experience, don't blame you. I wouldn't ask them. I would just find them on social media and, like, you know, deduce from the photos how they're doing yeah what if sam didn't exist (gasps) oh my god i don't know why but that just gave me 
that oh my god i don't know why that just brought like tears to my eyes to just think of this person <laughs> writing in this listener story to us and they're talking about this crazy trip that they had and but they like, were alone they were alone and it never happened and they just like don't even yeah i just and sam quit the next day and he never saw her again right but like actually sam never existed in the first place right and then they saw like some scary person in the in the corn like looking at them and it was them i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) also the scary person in the corn was seven feet tall and then the other person, the other person was seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. There was another per- story where someone said someone was seven. Yeah, remember Caleb C had the scary lizard woman that was right. seven feet tall. You know the thing is, is though that like okay, so someone really tall is like I associate that for some reason just because these are the only tall people I've ever seen with like NBA players, and yeah, they're yeah. super not scary at all. Yeah, you know they're just like really muscular, and they're like yeah, you just got to go out there and give it a hundred percent, and like being a team player, and I'm you know. They're, they're like trained on how to speak right. to the media so the only thing you ever hear them is just like got so much gratitude to be a team player right, playing right. with my team love my city love this country you know yeah. like uh pay my taxes donate to the charities buy cheerios <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, exactly yeah. take photo with like little kid uh make a wish foundation hero like it's only positive things associated with them so in some ways i feel like the only way to be scary if you're tall is to be like super super skinny yeah super super skinny and a shadow person yeah. living in the corn possibly with a lizard tail sprinting down the hallway and dissolving into thin air yeah yeah, if you are have that combination of being like super tall and skinny with a lizard tail. Yeah, like you got to work your angles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz the world is not going to be kind to you. I know I've I've been name dropping Yao Ming very often on this show recently, right. I feel like, but I was just picturing like Yao Ming because he's seven feet something. I know, but that's what I, the, I was also picturing Yao Ming, but yeah. then I was like, Yao Ming's not scary to me. No, not at all. He's like cool. Yeah, and tall people, their posture is usually like not threatening because they kind of like hunch forward because they're tall and the world. They have to get through. Yeah, yeah, like doors doors. and cars and stuff. So their like shoulders are rolled inward, which to me is non threatening versus like a Chad has their shoulders rolled all the way back. Oh my God, a seven foot Chad. Yeah. That's terrifying. Usually the Chads are short kings. Yes. Yeah. But like to have a Chad also be a tall, tall person over seven foot tall with a possible lizard tail. That's just the worst combination. That's how threatening is that? That's, that's terrifying. All of these stories were really fucking scary. I'm sorry we didn't get through. I don't think we even made it through 10 this episode. But you guys, these were some long, spooky ass, scary ass stories this episode. Yeah, you guys. Fuck. Fuck. I, you, you fucked us up. Congratulations. Congratulations. We're going to now go and sleep for the rest of the day and never think about this again, hopefully. Um, yeah. Be- or maybe the lizard woman visits me in my dream as I take a nap this afternoon. Um, if you'd like to send us a listener story, you can do so by emailing letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to go to letsgethaunted.com and keep refreshing the homepage to see if we have new merch or not because Nat's working on some merch. Yeah. It might be up by now. Yeah, it's really cute. I showed some mock Can confirm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's super cute. You don't want to miss out. Save your money. Save your money. Unless you see that it's already live on the website, then spend all your money. (laughs) All right, Nat, you want to do our sign-off for this episode? Yeah. Uh, BRB, I got to go make a K-turn to get around uh, Haunted Yao Ming. (laughs) 
Bye. Bye.